Welcome to the Serietetta Bleach Fandom Community Podcast brought to you by Soyphone's Tattoo Parlour. There's only one design and getting more than one could mean your death, but hey, at least you look good. My name is Lethan and today I'm joined by Nomi. Hiya! And an extra special guest all the way from Squad 2 in the Serietetta Discord server, it is Dex. Hello, hi, hi. Dex, so can you tell us uh, real quick, how did you get into Bleach? Yeah, um, I'm actually pretty late entrant into the Bleach fandom. Like, I didn't watch it when it was starting. But my friend kind of introduced me to it. And, you know, the first thing I saw was a bunch of hot-ass dudes and girls in, like, (laughs) cool-ass costumes. And I was like, I mean, sure, I'll give it a try. And then I finished Society and then it just just kept rolling. I, I just fell in love with all the powers and all the all the personalities and of course i mean the hot dudes and girls that's always the case but it just it just became like more than just something that i liked and i delved into it more i started researching a lot of the characters and their power sets and i i just found it like very poetic and very like a much bigger universe than I expected. Cool. Okay, so today's episode, then, we've got so much to talk about, especially because Dex being from Squad 2 is going to be key to these two episodes that we're covering. So let's kick it off with those sweet episode recaps, then. Yeah, so in episode 56, Supersonic Battle, Determine the Goddess of Battle, things start off with Yumichika finding <laughs> his captain. Now, whilst Yumichika is looking especially radiant after his quote-unquote fight with Lieutenant Isagi. He's not the goddess of battle we're referring to. Neither <laughs> is it Ukitaki Okuraku, who after some forced encouragement from Yamamoto's, released their Zanpakuto into Shikai, revealing not only a lengthy release, release command, but the fact that they have the only two-bladed Zanpakuto in Soul Society. As they clash elsewhere in Soul Society, Kukaku picks up Jidambo for a hot date. And... <laughs> We finally get to the crux of the episode, Soifon and Yuichi. Soifon summons in reinforcements and Yuichi dispatches of them as quickly as they arrive. The two then exchange in some blink-and-you-miss-it martial arts showcase, with both women exchanging blows. Soifon takes the upper ground by releasing her shikai, but when that doesn't work, results to revealing her secret weapon, a dangerous blend of Hakuda and Kido that she created called Shunko. Not to be outdone, Yuichi then, in a bout of multiple discovery, reveals that she too has created this mysterious Shunko. However, she can't control it, and demonstrates with a blast of energy. Which leads us into episode 57, Zenbon Zakura crushed, Zangetsu thrust through the sky. I can't say that nearly as dramatically as Dale did in the last episode. But anyway, uh, this episode starts with Yoroichi nullifying Soifone's final attack, explaining that she isn't ready to use the technique yet. Soifone is confused as to why she's not surpassed Yoroichi, and then we launch into a backstory of an adorable baby Soifone being introduced to Yoroichi for the first time. Her dream was always to serve her. The relationship grows as Soifone is promoted and Yoroichi finally admits to seeing Soifone more like a little sister. The flashback ends with a confused Soifone begging Yoroichi to answer why she left without saying anything and crying to the ground at her feet. Meanwhile, Ikaku and Tetsuza Imon are drinking in a forest discussing what it takes to become a lieutenant, while Ichigo and Byakuya are going hard at it at Sokyoku Hill. 
Ichigo demands Byakuya releases Bankai, and the episode ends with Zangetsu crushing Byakuya Shikai, likely leaving him no choice. Oh, these are two really heavy episodes. There's lots going on. They are. And the episodes only cover like a little bit of what the title involves, like because it goes elsewhere and we've still not got answers and endings to some of the storylines. I know, I know. Oh, right. Okay. There's so much to get through here. Can we start very early with episode 56 then? So Ukitake and Kuraku Shikai reveal. I mean, it's all it's all three of the oldest captains, like three of the oldest captains Shikai reviews, right? Like uh, uh, General Yamamoto, uh, Ukitake, mm-hmm. and Kuraku. So having seeing all those three is, is super cool. And seeing that Yamamoto is not an old man and he does his hot ass review, you know, like he does a hot <laughs> review. He's he's still he's still ripped as shit. His Zanpakuto <laughs> is Zanpakuto is just straight fire and and. You can see even even we we know so far that Karago is very strong. He's one of the strongest captains because of how quickly he he like just dispatched Chado. They just like just like and that's Chado's gone. But seeing like they are they are fearing Yamamoto is just it was a it's just a great moment, you know. But I mean, kind of sad that the fight didn't really go anywhere. We don't really see it, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I would have loved to have seen more of this uh, this fight yeah. in these episodes, but. Oh, anyway, that's that's wishful thinking for me, really, to be honest. But I don't know about you guys, but see the, the Shikai reveal, especially for Kuraku. I never really thought of Kuraku as hot before. And I know, Dex, you were talking about, about all the hot people in Bleach. Uh... Um, but see when he does his like, side-by-side Shikai sword command, I was like, oofed, hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was really cool. So we get the reveal then of, and I'm going to attempt to not butcher these names, we get Kanten Kyokutsu. Kanten Kyokutsu. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. that's it. That's which is Koraku's Shikai reveal. And then we get Ukitaki's as well, which is um, Sogyo no Kotowari. This is, me, this is what it was like for me trying to learn even just a little bit of Japanese with slowly pronouncing things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which are two really unique designed as we said Zanpakuto the only two double Zanpakuto now the the thing I noticed is that Ukitaki splits his is one sword becomes two with a shikai command but Mm -hmm. Koraku's was always two swords we always seen him walk about with two swords yes yeah Yeah. I think it's I think it's really cool that uh Yamamoto just pointed out that uh Sogyo no Kotowari and uh Katen Kikotsu are the two dual wielding uh captains. Like they, they are the two dual wield Zanpaktos. Although I, I think it's I think it's just um I think it's interesting to see it. Yeah. And like I guess saying that they are the two only dual wielding Zanpaktos make them more special. La, so it gives them more attention as well. So although I mean as you've seen in the series so far, they've not really had their spotlight on them. Yeah, just um the probably the most badass thing Okitake has done so far was the <laughs> was the stopping the sh- not stopping a shikai just showing up showing up for Byakuya and also the shield and yet um Kyoraku's only also had one fight so yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. having that is like a good prelude to things to come yes. the other thing that really sets them apart as well is their release commands like before mm-hmm. we've had people just say like one word you've got like howl or growl like you've not got anything substantial until really you get to hit Tagaya, um, who's a little bit more lengthy. But mm-hmm. both Kuraku and Okutaki, they they've got 
really quite lengthy Zampact Overlease commands. It's like for, a keto spell, isn't it? It is, yeah. For Kuraku, you've got um, the flowery winds become disturbed, the god of flower sings, the heavenly winds become disturbed, the devil of heaven sneers. And then for Ukitaki, you've got all ye waves become my shield, all ye thunder become my blade. So even the Shikai commands have that duality in them, reflecting back to the fact that they've got the duality of the two, sh- two swords. You've got Kurakus who's referring to both heavenly winds and the devil. Devil, yeah. And Ukitaki's is waves and thunder. Mm-hmm. Like a storm, really, isn't it? Yeah. Which is quite fitting, considering as Sogyu no Kotoari is the law of the twin fish or the law of Pisces. Mm. So you've got that kind of the Pisces and the fish and the storm and the water and the, that symbolism going on with the going on with it there as well. Yeah. Ooh. I, I think the Ooh, sky... that's interesting. Is there not some tie-in to Burn the Witch there? Just a little. Thinking about the star signs. Anyway, uh, we'll maybe discuss that like, another time. Okay. Just with no. the star signs, no? Yeah, no, okay. it's yeah. fine. It was too early for me to make quickly. Make <laughs> if we're recording this very early, it's fine. Yeah. Sorry, Dick. What were you gonna say? No, I think the Shikai comments kind of reminds me of kind of reminds me of a couplets. Like, um, is this like short poems that generally people hang mm. hang uh, like at the doors? Like, I, I, this coming from Chinese culture, I'm not sure if Japanese do it, but I think they do as well. So the fact that there it's cup the there are shikai comments are couplets and there are zampaktos are dual wields it, it's kind of cool I guess yeah yeah do you think they strive to get bankai really really quickly just so they didn't have to say their release <laughs> command? <laughs> I, mean, I mean we don't know we don't know what their bankai's are at this point so maybe they've got even longer release commands <laughs> maybe they had to write a whole fucking novel for them. <laughs> Yeah, that's why it took them so long to for them to come out. Yeah. <laughs> that's why Karaku hates fighting. He doesn't want to have to say this one yeah. last game. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, so that was really just a little slither at the start of episode 56. And then we come into the bulk of episode 56 and in episode 57. And I think we can talk about these two together because they go pretty hand in hand, don't they? So. Yeah. Yeah. 56 and 57 your soy phone fight what did you love what did you hate okay initially when i watched this fight i thought soy phone was a stone cold bitch man like i <laughs> did not like her at all when i my, my love for soy phone came a lot because of like um like seeing how her shikai and and like all her other stuff like all her powers like even now she, her shunko right seeing how all those evolved because of her her perceived deficiencies and all that like became very rewarding for me. I feel like her power progression is one of the best in the series and one of the most thematic according to her personality. Yeah. Like her, her Shikai, I, th- I think, I think the, the thing I love most about the fight is just kind of, kind of how, how rude they are to each other, you know? Like, you, you don't really, yeah, you don't really like know what's up with these two, but you also didn't know that they had such a direct relationship with each other. Episode 56, the main thing that they were doing besides like fighting each other was just bantering each other and just kind of dropping the hints as to the backstory that was to come. Soifon was very adamant that she was she surpassed Yorichi and Yorichi was like, I mean, whatever, whatever you say, I'm just gonna... I'm just not like I mean she replies but she's not like bothered or anything you know until that until she reveals Suzumebachi but that's but 
at the end of the at the end of episode fifty six, when Shuko comes out, you kind of realize that you kind of realize that Yorichi didn't really care about the the Shikai. Like Soifon's power wasn't that interesting or wasn't that threatening to her. It's just that she. I don't know how to, I don't I'm not sure how to say this, but Yorichi just didn't Yorichi didn't really feel threatened throughout the fight, you know? Because the moment Shuko comes out, Yorichi realizes that this is something that Soifer can't deal with. So it means that Yorichi had a pretty good idea as to where Soifer's power level is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think the cool part about Shunko was that you could see the elements inside their Shunko. Like uh Soifon's Shunko was wind-based and uh Yorichi's Shunko was lightning-based, which is cool. It's it's something that's set up early in the series, and I never really noticed it until I watched it again. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed it out because I don't really think I noticed that either. But actually, now that I'm thinking about the anime, yeah, I can kind of see that. That's quite cool. Yeah, I noticed the thunder for Yoichi <clears throat> because of stuff that happens future-wise. Yeah, um, but yeah, I hadn't yeah. realized Soifon's was wind. That was a good. That was a good call. Good show. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, uh, okay. yeah, it's something that I, although I've rewatched that like fight many times, but yeah, this was like really the first time I was like, "Huh, that's that's something that they've already like already done." Yeah, that's cool. I just love getting their backstory. Like, hmm. I thought that was really interesting. Was getting to see how Soyphone came to because obviously we didn't know any of this did we this is the first time that we're getting that these two know each other we, we the only hint we had before to this was Soyphone recognizing the crest of the Shihoan clan on the shield that Ukitaki brings to destroy the Sokyoku with yeah. so that's the only instance we have of these two potentially having any kind of history with each other and then we get launched into this beautiful backstory of which I wish Bleach had more of for the characters yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, and it's nice as well, not just their backstory, but a little bit of how Soul Society kind of is structured. Uh, mm-hmm. We get the revelation of the fact that there were four great noble families. Possibly there could have been even more. Um, however, we get told that a Shiba clan, and we know some Shibas, has fallen. Um, so that could mean that it wasn't that they'd started out with more than four, but now there is only four, and that the Shihoans are one of these four. And, yes. you know, that they are, they have this special name that took me ages to pronounce, and I'm going to butcher it, but it's the Tenchihei Soban. And they mm. are given this because they are the defender of the realms. They are the guards of the heavenly granted armament, armaments. Can't even say the English words, let alone the Japanese. <laughs> So these heavenly granted armaments, we can then presume are the Shihoan shield that we saw last episode, but also this pretty cool um, Tentokan, this flying cloak that Ichigo was holding. So, you know, Yuichi is going off of her back, risking her family to help this Ryoka by giving him and other people special shields and special um treasured tools that they can use to help them so yuichi is really all or nothing here i think yeah yeah mm-hmm. also it kind of brings like uh more attention to yuichi because um we, we didn't really know who she was like throughout the whole series like i mean most most of the time like so far she was a cat and then, <laughs> and then, and then you, and then people say her name in social society, and everybody's like Shihoin, the Shihoin Yorichi. And then, and then you're like, okay, who is this person? And yeah, I mean, of course she's hot because 
she's hot. But besides mm-hmm. that, the, the more 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 depth to her character appears. Yeah, I, th- I think she's um she she didn't strike me as the kind of person that suited. I don't know if this came across to anybody else, but she didn't strike me as a person who suited that luxurious title and lifestyle. Like even when Siphon so- watches her walking across the bridge, she looks kind of miserable. Like she struck uh, me as somebody that that likes to run free. Yeah, like a cat. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and and the whole time, uh, like during the backstory, every time that uh, every time Sofa wanted to call her like this very formal name, and yes. Richie's like, ah! you know, yeah, <laughs> this. yeah. I think I think it's it's obvious that she never asked for this. Like, um, unlike like, which is the direct contrast to what leads like what leads to the end of episode fifty-seven, like Byakuya. Like I, I think that's that was an interesting contrast. You get this noble Shihoin Yorichi that obviously didn't want that, and you get this noble Byakuya and whatever happens with Byakuya, which is my favorite fight of Ditch, because I mean I love Soifon, but at this point of time I didn't like Soifon. At this point of time my favorite character was Byakuya. And the lead up into the Byakuya fight with Chico was just Oh my god man. <sighs> yeah, so just... good. It's the tension on that is so it's yeah. just so good. Yeah, but so before good. we before we go to the stinger part, because uh, like uh, Ichigo stopping Bakashika, I just want to talk more about uh Soifon's backstory because at this point of time, what we know about Soifon is that, like the the first introduction we got to Soifon was her being rude to her lieutenant, like uh mm-hmm. uh Marichio Maeda, yeah, and that's the second time we see her, she's she's being a complete dick to a. Uh, uh, Kotetsu Kione, like she, she was like crushing her windpipe and stuff, and we know that Kione was obviously less strong than uh, than Soifon. So this was like this was just straight up bullying. Like he, she, she's yeah. on the ground, Soifon's stepping on her, and she's smiling, and you're like, what the fuck happened? What, what the fuck? The fuck <laughs> yeah, and but I, and, I think yeah. it was nice though getting that, getting the softer side of her and getting her yeah. humanized by that yeah. backstory and everything, isn't it? Yeah. So mm-hmm. when you see the backstory, we realize that um uh, from young she from young the only thing she knew was to fight. Like uh basically the first line that anybody says to her as a child was that uh like dedicate your life to Yorichi or the Shihoin clan actually more specifically because they she never they never really mentioned Yorichi, just that Yorichi at that point of time was a Tenshi Hisoban. I think yeah, the defender of the realms. Like. I'm not sure what the Japanese is, but the defender of the realms. So the I'm guessing at that point the foreign clan leader told Soifon to told Soifon to dedicate herself to that person. Yeah. And when that person left, you know, like when Uruchi left, Soifon had no purpose anymore in life. So the so instead of redirecting that strength, she she basically she she spent all her time channeling her strength towards protecting Shihun Yorichi. But the moment Shuen Yorichi left, that strength goes nowhere. So she decided to re- rededicate yeah. to society. Yeah, which is why throughout the throughout like the past few episodes, she's constantly mentioning about how a oh, captain should have this duty to society. Captain should have this thing because she didn't have Yorichi anymore. Yorichi was the one that humanized her. Yorichi was the one that 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 kept her like less of a bitch than loving, she is. loving. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah. So when when Yorichi left. You get this captain that's basically a caricature at that point of time a caricature of the social the captains are because I mean even like Mayuri was was kind of an asshole you know like some of the captains were really villains at this point of time like they were supposed to be the villains like I think Soifon was considered a villain right until Yorichi comes back and when Yorichi came back that's when Soifon let go of herself again like the the end of episode fifty seven like the end of the fight wasn't wasn't Soifon was just Soifon giving up. Yorichi didn't beat her. Like I mean, she showed that there was a yeah. power difference, but Yorichi didn't actually beat her. It was just Soifon giving up and asking why 
Yuichin didn't bring her along. And that's the return of the humanization. Like, the return of Yuichin signifies Soifon as a human character once again, instead of just a caricaturized villain. Dare we say it, it gives them heart and soul. Oh, oh. Good, good. nice, 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 nice. <laughs> I dig it, I dig it, I dig it. We've also got another. We've also got another siphon stand, Nomi, don't we? We do. We do. So, uh, (laughs) so we've got a little clip here, which is from. uh, Is it B from B? B. Yes, which is your sister, Nomi, isn't it? It is my sister. Yeah, Um, me and my sister watch Bleach together. So, these are her thoughts. Hi guys, it's B. I just wanted to share my thoughts about siphon and these episodes. So in 55, we're supposed to see Soifon in such an antagonistic role for how she treats Kioni, someone who wants to save Rukia. And over the course of the episode, she's rude to Yuichi and boasts about how much stronger she is, not that Yuichi doesn't tease back. And we wonder over the course of their fight if Soifon is right to be so confident, until we see that she's not and Yuichi overpowers her. And then we get the flashback in 57 and how Soifon's life revolved around Yuichi and how much she loves her, until Yuichi leaves her and without reasoning, we sympathize with Soifon and understand the anger and frustration. And then the final attack is so easily defeated and Soifon breaks down, I swear, the why, why didn't you take me with you breaks me every time. I love it and I love them and I just think that this was such a wonderful job done building up this character. The main thing for B's audio that I really wanted to pick up on is number one, when the feck is she joining the server? And number two, uh, <laughs> I'm joking, uh, her, the anger and the frustration that Soifon has and the why, why didn't you take me with you? that gets her every time that she said um that for me really got me in the heart because I can I can feel that like this this clip where Soifone effectively crumples at Yorichi's feet and starts crying is the first real human moment we have with this character and getting to see her this sounds bad but getting to see a character break down like that like you're stripped back all the all the layers is is so beautiful to see um especially from such a a, like it's not just a whiny female character like you always get an anime where they're like crying over the smallest of little things this is a proper warrior that we've just seen kick yorichi so hard that they just sliced a leaf in half like this isn't just a uh your your average anime character this these are two really strong female characters which another shout out i'd like to to give that don't talk about boys but um this moment was really humanizing for her and i loved this because then the audience is left wondering why didn't you take her with you yeah yeah i think it's something that's very relatable also like uh, i feel like most of us probably when we were younger when we were like a child or something like we had like elder elder figures in our life not like not like elder like mentor figures i could be like an older cousin or like an older brother or like even just an older friend a camp counselor you, you know that kind of that kind of person in your life and they kind of have their own things to do and you they can't be with you forever. And I mean, in this case, it's not like living society and like, you know, all that, but but it's just something that everybody can relate to. Like, um, you, you don't really realize it when you're younger and when you get older, you kind of, you kind of, oh, like, this is it. Like, that's not, that's not a, it's not that they were being assholes or anything. It's just that they had things to do and it's not something that people can control. And I think it's something that's very relatable, like Soifan's relationship with Yorichi. Like, maybe not so much the... The being being a uh, badass warriors and all that, but yeah, I think 
besides that, the relationship part itself is something that we are, all of us can relate to. And it's something that you can see as well with how Soifon um, addresses Yorichi. Because throughout the whole flashback, you've got Soifon struggling with breaking formality. She's always been your excellency. And then she kind of compromises and resorts to um, Yorichi-sama. But then when you finally got her being all angry and coming to grips with her feelings and emotions, she flat out just calls Yorichi, Yorichi. There's no honorifics. There's no like politeness. It's very, such a sign of disrespect from Soifon that really just heightens how angry and how emotional she is feeling about this whole ordeal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's kind of a brat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like if somebody that I loved that much just left me without a single word, didn't take me with them, you know, I I would probably spend a hundred years potentially resenting them too, because I'm very much like Siphon. I hold a grudge against people, so like I don't think that I could get round that betrayal. And I think if I saw that person again, I probably would break down. I don't think I would like to become quite as nasty as Siphon, like stomping on Kayone's chest or anything. I don't think I would quite go that far, but I think I would harbour a lot of hateful energy towards that person that just up and left. Yeah. I don't have daddy issues, I promise. Um <laughs> so <laughs> one of the things <laughs> one of the things that I wanted to call out uh or one of the things I wanted to ask, actually, was Siphon was going pretty hard at Yoroichi with her Shikai, right? First of all, love the Shikai. One of my favourite Shikais in all of Bleach is this. It's very fitting, yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Um, but do we think Siphon was hitting Yoroichi in random places around her body because she didn't want to deliver that final blow? The intent and the resolve wasn't there. It wasn't. It really wasn't. Like, I think, because we see Yoroichi running away, and then she ends up with, like, three or four on her, which means that Soifone is able to hit if she wants. I think if Soifone really wanted to kill Yoroichi, she could have easily done it with two hits of this uh, the Shikai. But she didn't because she she was... I think she's looking for answers, isn't she? She's, she's venting yeah. her frustrations. She's taking it out on her. She's showing her how much better she is now. But ultimately, she wouldn't have killed her because she wants the answers. Why did you leave? And the audience yeah. wants some fucking answers too. <laughs> I, I think that's true, but also because Yorichi is probably faster than her still. Yeah, I, I think at this point, Yorichi is probably still faster than her, although it's probably close. Yeah. Let's come into episode 57 then. So even although it's called Zangetsu thrust through the sky, blah, 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 we get to see very little from that fight. It is yeah. a lot more to the backstory, isn't it? Um, it actually, is. no, was there any anime manga differences for episode 56? No, not for episode 56. It was very loyal. So episode 57 then, what did we think? Oh, yeah. I, like, in continuing with the theme of like 56, um, like episode 56, uh, us discussing that uh, the episodes were mostly about humanizing and Shinigamis. I think Ikaku and uh, Iba was a very good example of that. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> they just didn't give a shit, man. <laughs> they are like, yeah, <laughs> they were yeah. fighting to drink. Yeah, I mean, it, it, come on. It's like this. This whole thing is phrased as a war, you know. It's framed mm-hmm. as a war. It's like, oh, Aizen is Aizen was killed by the real car, and oh, we need to lock down, and everybody can use their shikais. And these two people are just like battling out on a hill and drinking sake, and like, 
<laughs> wow, that's that's the that's a Squad Eleven life, man. I love that. I love that the they have the Squad Eleven smiles. I always call it the Squad Eleven smiles. It's the <laughs> you know that you're gonna get into a good fight and very like I mean all the Squad Eleven people have it like uh, Ikaku, like all the former ones also like Renji and uh, Iba and all that. All the former Squad Eleven people have that. Like when they have the smile when they're fighting, you know they're Squad Eleven material. And honestly, <laughs> Ichigo has that smile too, man. He does yeah. actually. They're quite scrappy squad eleven, aren't they? They're really yeah. scrappy. Uh, if Ichigo goes into the Shinigami squad, I'm thinking it's eleven. I could see um, Ichigo becoming a captain in the future of a squad. Yeah. I don't know which one. I don't see him becoming a um, a captain of squad eleven by any means. But like you know, um, I mean that's, that's what fan fiction is for. That's what fan fiction is for. <laughs> exactly. Make it, make it eleven, man. Just just invent a reason for Zaraki Kenpachi to get out get out of Soul Society. I mean, of all the like of all the captains in like uh Soul Society, Zaraki would probably have the. It wouldn't be that hard to make a reason for Zaraki to leave Soul Society because he doesn't really care about being a captain. He just cares about he's 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 a captain because he can fight strong stuff. Like yeah. if he can fight strong stuff elsewhere, he doesn't care at all whether he's a captain or not. So I think of all the squads, I think it's probably easiest to get Zaraki out of his ass, like out of his yeah. out of the captain's chair. Yeah. I think that would be pretty easy to write any fan fiction is uh, Ken Patchy Zaraki just got bored of paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, Yukiwa is not doing that paperwork for <laughs> no she's <laughs> not yeah you know you know like after the after like the after like he's like after like like somebody tells him about hell and it's like there's a hell and I'm not there fighting strong demons alright I'm out of here guys good luck with the paperwork goodbye I'm going to hell mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's sounds possible <laughs> one thing Nomi I did want to ask you straight up about the manga and anime differences mm-hmm. in the flashback we see Yoroichi with his unpacked toe in the anime. Is that yeah. manga? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, it fine. is not. Because <laughs> that was like the big note that I had was Yoroichi used to have his unpacked toe. Yeah. Um, no. But, that okay, was so that's ended. Yep. Okay. That's that's anime only. That's good to know that it's not in the canon material. At least at this point, we never know what the future will hold. We never know. Yeah. We get like a little nugget that I think is really interesting with the fight in in the drinking game between Ikaku and Tetsuzaemon is that Tetsuzaemon's mum was a Shinigami and from the conversation you can kind of make the assumption that especially when, and I'll go into a little bit more detail uh, with the manga differences, but Iba's mum was not just a Shinigami but she was also a captain. Which I think is really cool because I think that's the first time we've had chosen. We've spoken before about chosen siblings, and you know you've got the Kia, uh, the Kotetsu sisters, Kioni and Asane, who are either sisters or chosen sisters. They at least have the same name. You've got um, Ganju and Kukaku, who may or may not be blood related, depending on which way you look at it. But this is the first time we've actually had a parental figure mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. whether or not this is like an actual biological per- parent or again um, maybe Tetsuzema was adopted into uh, the Iba family um, it's still fascinating to see that there was this kind of it goes beyond just siblings you've yes. have got the hierarchy of parents as well which I mm-hmm. thought was really fascinating uh, I guess it could kind of be included with Yamamoto sort of calling 
Shunsui and Ukitake like his sons almost really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Let's talk real quick about Byakuya then and Ichigo. So Ichigo oh, yeah, they were was in this fight too. Yeah, they were <laughs> just at the tail end of it. Um so Ichigo was demanding that Byakuya release his Bankai and Bankai very eh, Bankai. Byakuya very pompously states that he's like a thousand years away from dying by that. Or something to that degree. What were their thoughts around this? I feel like Ichigo's got this newfound cockiness where he's just like <laughs> come on. And like the way he describes his Getsuga Tencho and how it the how it works, how he takes his spiritual pressure and releases it back into a and concentrated like blast and how he thinks that this just one blast is going to be able to stop a thousand cherry blossoms from slicing him to death. He does seem very like he's gotten a little bit complacent with his training. Um and you saw that in the previous episodes when he's defeating all the lieutenants without his unpacked toe and he's stopping the Sock Yoku, there we go. Finally said it. <laughs> <laughs> without without like even blinking or without even panicking. So you can definitely see that he's got this newfound confidence. And whether or not this confidence is gonna allow him to win or not is something that we don't actually find out in this episode. So, you know, you gotta keep yes. watching. <laughs> For that to look forward to. I love Bleachy's cliffhangers and I hate them at the same time. Yeah, I, I, I just want to mention that I think this Ichigo costume is one of the coolest looking ones yes. that you have. Like the, the half off like um Shihakusho and the bandages and, and all the things tying it up. It looks so like rough shot, but he looks oh my god, I love him. I, I wish there was a costume of like that there was like a toy of this costume, but it's always like, you know, the standard forms. But mm-hmm. god damn this costume is so nice. It's so nice. Yeah. This costume is oh my god, I love it so much. I love this I costume. Would- I would buy a pop of Ichigo wearing the Shihoen um, like robe thing that he had on when he saved Rukia. Like I thought that that was cool as fuck as well. Oh, the ten token. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but this one has more skin, you know, and I'm a sucker for skin, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about manga and anime differences for this episode, Domi? Oh, boy. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so the majority of manga anime differences comes from the flashback scene with Yorichi and Soifon. The anime adds um, a little bit more kind of filler with like this hollow and you see um, Yorichi holding the Zanpakuto. That's not in the manga. Um, Yorichi's Zanpakuto reveal is not now um, and that Zanpakuto that she's holding in the anime is for lack of a better term, not canon at the moment. Um, however, there's a lot of things that the anime cut out, specifically with regards to Soifon and a little bit more about her history and her family. So Soifon is actually the youngest of six. She had five brothers before her, mm-hmm. and these brothers all perished in the in a fight with Hollows. Mm. Um, two on their first mission, two on their second, and then the last was killed on his sixth mission. So Soifon's got a lot of this kind of grief, grief and purpose that she needs to not only be better than them, but sh- prove that she's not, I don't know, in her eyes as weak as them. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. she says that, you know, those who don't make it into 
um, the punishment core get disowned from the family. So she's got a lot yeah. riding on her shoulder. She's so young and she's got this riding on her shoulder. And not only that, but her first name was um, Shaolin. Her name was Shaolin Fon. And Aww. she gets given the name Soifon because that was the name her grandmother took. So she's then got this kind of legacy that she needs to hold as well by living up to the name that she's been given, which was her grandmother's kind of like code name as they are a family of assassins. Um, it also kind of talks about how Omniskido or the secret remote squad is structured. It gives information on the fact that they were... Um, assassins they basically they have to they are the ones that go out and catch and report on shinigami who broke the law and to act as scouts against the hollows so they're kind of like the first line of defense and that is um the force is a division of the secret remote squad so there's so many different like levels to this um, Omniskido, as is the blanket term, term for it, or stealth, stealth court, I think it is in the English. Yes, I think it is. Yeah, yeah it rings bells. Yeah. Um, so there's so many different layers to that that go underneath that, and the punishment force is just one of five. One it of says them. here, and it's the highest ranking of the five. So it's the ones that then bring the others in line so it's just really fascinating to find this a little bit more to the backstory a little bit more history to it's what... exposition isn't it that's what it, it is. is it's, it is it's, it's exposition extra exposition that we didn't get in the anime that would have been nice i get i get that the anime is trying to make us feel for the characters more i get that but some of this exposition is good to know and it would have been great if they had, even if they had included it in a way that wasn't just us being told the exposition, but like found a way to weave it into some of these scenes that we were getting would have been great. Exactly, yeah. Um, and then there's just other things that we get like a little brief about Yorichi as well. So Yorichi is the 22nd and first female head of the Shihoin clan. So that kind of sets that expedition as well of how much Yorichi has on her shoulders. Mm -hmm. um, she was the clan head, but she was also the first female. So she's got a lot to prove uh, with being the first female, especially when so far there's very much the ratio of males to females is very highly in the male. Um, we've seen that throughout the whole of the Soul Society, though. If you think back to the exactly, episodes where yeah. we were discussing that, especially a lot of the foot soldiers, like it seems like the females, if they do exist, are quite higher up in the like the food chain, really. Mm -hmm. So she's got a lot to prove with that as well. And then the just there's the, lots of little extended scenes. Like there's a scene on the bridge um, that was filler. You know when you're seeing. Yorichi walking across the bridge and she's down and there with head pats. <laughs> yeah so that's uh, that whole scene is filler you've got um the extended hollow fight a lot of um Soifon's insecurities are filler um and the whole Yorichi calling her little sis you're like a sister to me um oh, ouch, no. and that is anime only so you know we can live in happiness that maybe Yorichi does reciprocate some of these feelings I don't know <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that's good for the shippers, though. That's good for it the is. shippers. It is. Um, there's a cute little panel, though, in the manga where they kind of, it's kind of like an exposition of their life together. So you've got Yoichi and Soifon sitting together, and Yoichi's stealing Soifon's food. Oh. And then. Yeah, and then you've got Soifon like looking at herself in a mirror because she's just had her hair cut and it's the shortcut that she's got now. Oh. And, then, and from the look on her face, she's like seriously just contemplating whether or not she's made the right decision. But then Yuichi comes in and she points to her hair and she like points to Soifon's hair and she's like really liking it. And then Soifon gets all cute because, you know, Yuichi loves, um, loves her hair, um, which you don't see in the anime because when... Soifon comes into the empty room at the end her hair's still long so she hasn't had that haircut whereas this short haircut that she's sporting now is something that was inspired by Yorichi who had short hair at the time so that's actually really a key character element actually if you think about that because Soifon has maintained that hairstyle yeah so that that indicates that there's still a lot of feeling there even a hundred years later and then the last manga anime difference that is Soifon and Yuichi related is the fact that we actually get kind of the reason why, not the reason why, so, um, so, not Soifon, Yuichi left, but why she is classed as a traitor. It's got like a little bit of kind of like a sentence order from a higher power here of an explanation of why she's gone. So it says, The next day I heard the charges, desertation, helping Kisuke Uehara to escape, and eluding arrest. Henceforth, henceforth, Yuichi Shihoin is no longer commander-in-chief of the secret remote squad or commander of the punishment force. So whatever happened in the past had something to do with the fact that she helped Kisuke Uehara escape and then eluded arrest for doing so, which you don't get in the anime. Wow, that's kind of an important detail to leave out. <laughs> Just a little bit of detail, yeah. So she, whatever Yuichi did or whatever Kisuke did, Yuichi believed in Kisuke so much that she helped him escape and then eluded arrest herself. And we know that Kisuke and Yoroichi are best friends. That's canon. That's, we've already yes. been told that. We've already been so, told that, yeah. So, yeah. Let, man, I think everybody at this point, audience-wise, if you're not absolutely gagging for their backstory, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm desperate <sighs> for it. Oh. I know. Anyway, do you and know then, what? This has been really... Sorry, just I'll let you go. I'll let you go. Okay, no, it was just like one final thing, uh, one final manga difference. It's really, really tiny, but it goes to what I was saying earlier about Iba's mum being a captain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so in the anime, um, they're having Ikaku and uh, Tetsuzu Zaymon are having this conversation bet- and Ikaku says, um, you're doing this for your mum, aren't you? And Texas Zemons goes, why would I be captain for that witch or uh, for that old mm-hmm. hag? Whereas in the manga, he says, why would I be a captain to that witch? Which then, Ooh. which is what kind of gives the illusion that um, Iba's mum was a captain at some point. Ah. Which I will come into in spoiler episodes or when we get to it. It's <laughs> 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 so many thoughts yes. on that. Yeah, yeah, make sure that you take a note of that in the document so you don't forget. 
Yes. <laughs> um, I think I've been trying to capture all of you and Dale, every moment that you've said, oh, we should come back to that. I've tried my best to capture it when I've been editing into the document for you so you don't forget. And then there's this funny little thing that Eber thinks Ichigo is from the 11th. And he's like, why is Bayekawa fighting someone from the 11th? And Ichigo's <laughs> like, no, Ichigo's the Ryoka. It's fine. <laughs> I love how like just... calm Ikaku is about the whole thing. He's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, but it just goes to show how big these squads are. Like, if yeah. um, Iba thinks that Ichigo is from the eleventh squad, um, mm-hmm. so therefore he's he doesn't know everybody in the eleventh squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes hello. sense. So like, was that your cat, cat saying hello? <laughs> I thought I heard it. I thought I heard it. Hi, cat. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on Yoroichi? Is that your favourite character? <laughs> Did you see the p- picture I posted in spam um, yesterday? Where she decided to sit on my, she sat on my lap. I had the iPad of like I had Yoroichi on the screen. Uh, oh the TV God. had Yoroichi on the screen, and it was just like she was just sat down and started to watch the manga with it and the anime with us, and we were like, yes. "Oh my God, that's amazing! I just seen it. I've just seen it. That's so funny." <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Not that the viewers need to know that, but um, cool. So the only the, the wee thing that I was going to say was I've loved analysing the different characters this watch through. So I know I've mentioned this before, but like before, as soon as I met Toshiro, I was like such a Toshiro stan um, and such a Toshiro fangirl that I was only really paying attention to the, the scenes that had him and a lot of the rest of it I was just kind of I was watching on the side that did change when we get to some of the future episodes with the turn back of pendulum mark but anyway I was mostly watching for Toshiro but this watch through I'm really watching for every single character and analyzing every single character and I'm I'm enjoying the show so much more with this yeah <sighs> Yoroichi and Siphon are great. Yeah, there's so much to it. There's so many different layers and in depth. And Kubo's done an amazing job with the characterization mm-hmm. that if you do just focus on the one character, you are missing so much more that's behind the scenes. The like different relationships that they have. Do. Yeah, definitely sets them apart to the rest. Yeah. Agreed, especially because there's full episodes where Ichigo partly isn't even really on screen. Like these two episodes, we don't really see them. <laughs> Yeah, and he does moan about it in the end credits, but I mean, (laughs) (laughs) let the other people get the limelight, yeah. Yeah, I I love that about this, because don't get me wrong, Ichigo's a fantastic character, but he does fall into that trope sometimes, only sometimes, of like being the good anime hero of every shonen ever. And there are elements to Ichigo that are going to come up that make him slightly different, and I get that. Um, but up until this point, he's very much classical. You know, I'm going to save my friends. I'm going to use the power of friendship, you know. So <laughs> so it's nice getting these other characters, and I think that's where Bleach really shines, is in its other characters other than just Ichigo um, and yeah. their backstories. I think that's where Bleach really shines. And can I just give shout-out to Kubo for, like, creating two female characters that have, like, a fight scene and they don't talk about a boy? Like yes, <laughs> I don't think people listening will appreciate if they don't identify with the female gender how important that is for us because we don't get that ever. That's not something that happens. It's you know, not. So. No, yeah, and it's oh. yeah, it's so nice to have that female representation. But yes. it's also nice, and correct me if I'm stepping out of line here, but it's also nice to have not only 
um, female representat representation, but also a person of colour representation as well. Yes, agreed, agreed. I, I, do you know, I think that I would have appreciated it more growing up. Like, I didn't really grow up with Avatar The Last Airbender or anything, but I wish I did, because see that representation in, in, in cartoons and anime like like these... Mm -hmm. That would have been so important for me growing up because I missed a lot of that cultural representation like Scotland that had very little of it. I wish we could get more of that. Mm -hmm. And it, it's not, it's, this isn't even, this is what came out in the, the early noughties. Yeah. So yeah. it's not as if it's a recent thing. This was, this has been around for 20 odd years. I only missed it because it was on Adult Swim at like two in the morning or whatever it was. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't know what time it was yep. on it, but it wasn't, it wasn't on Cartoon it Network was... and it wasn't on the, yeah, the usual yeah. channels. Yeah, I remember 2 a.m. watches plugging headphones into the back of my TV or pressing, uh, recording it on Sky Plus. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah. Oh, anyway, we're old. Let's stop talking about it. Okay. So let's launch into... Have we got anything for delving into the Dungai Nomi? I think it's been quite quiet, hasn't it? It has. It has. Um, I've not seen I was, anything. I was not watching anything this past couple of days because of the date as well. I didn't want to get my hopes up. Because, of course, it was April 1st and that would have just been mean. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's true, actually. Mm -hmm. we, did do, we did do a big April Fool's thing in the Discord server, which was quite funny. It was. Um, we all swapped places and hardly anybody noticed really we were all talking to <laughs> each other it was great i was like, reading back to the conversations now it's hilarious because you've got like <laughs> the different colors speaking about random things yeah yeah <laughs> it's so good um cool okay that's fine so nothing really for delving into the dungai i reckon that that section's going to become much busier once the anime news starts to drop let's come into our shinigami cup peroxide edition then so will we start off with our uh, who wore it best then sure um my who wore it best is yumi chika wearing hisagi's spiritual pressure <laughs> i love that i mean it does make him look shiny um, it does shiny <laughs> Dex, what's yours? I actually have two I actually have two of these awards to give out. So the first one is to Ichigo because this half code this half off code is like it never appears again. So better give him a award for this. And Yamamoto's hot outfit, man, of nothing. <laughs> just fire, rift in fire, hot review, man. Oh, what a great costume. Yeah. My uh, who would it best was uh, Yoroichi wearing and suiting every single fucking hairstyle imaginable. Like from long to short, it doesn't matter. She just suits all of it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Agreeable. Agreeable. <laughs> uh, okay, best ship then, Nomi? My best ship is hoping someone goes for the obvious, but my best ship was the <laughs> amazing explosive power of shipping Kido and Hukudo together to get Shunko. Oh, I love that. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. Oh, my best ship is uh, Ikaku and Tetsuzaimon. Man. We all know that drinking sake and dueling <laughs> with your swords is a great way to relieve stress. <laughs> uh, my best ship, I was going to go for the obvious, but I decided to make it slightly less obvious by going for um, Soyphone and our head pats from Yoroichi because we were Aww. constant. <laughs> it was so cute. <laughs> then we need the obligatory shout out to for the Yorichi Soifon fans. We do. Ship it we or don't. Do. There's something there, you know it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're great together. Whether you they ship are. it or you don't, they're fantastic. Okay then, our double take moment then. Um mine is Yorichi's Zampacto sadness. 
because literally oh. I was I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, Zanpakuto, Zanpakuto, Zanpakuto. Look down at the manga. Uh, never mind, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Oh god, that's funny. Yeah, mine was definitely the gets the gotten short, the name review and just the explanation <laughs> of the power man just doesn't. Just like what? His explanation of Gesika Tensho is one of the most stupid things I've ever heard. Okay? Because what he does is he concentrates his Riatsu into a point and he releases it as a as a concentrated blast. But we know that Riatsu equals the life force of Shinigami. So the fact that he has so much Riatsu that he can afford to do this is just ridiculous. Like the fact that he can do this, oh my god, it, it's such a stupid power. It, can you imagine it's like can you imagine it's like oh I I I step myself, I let the blood drain out and I throw the blood as a bomb at another person. And that's that's how much that's how much like blood and power this guy has, man. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was my double take, man. Yeah, that was my double take. My double take had to be Koraku and Ukitaki Shikai reveal. Because I actually did go back and rewatch that a couple of times, mostly to get the names, but also to hear the like what they say before it. It was um yes, very cool, very cool. That brings us into our fandom shout-out section. Um, who's going to take it away? So my fandom shout-out is a shout-out to someone who had a birthday at the start of this month. Aww. Poor thing, having his birthday on the 1st of April. Um, but it is this amazing piece of art of Hannah Tao. We all love Aww. a bit of We all love Hannah Tao. Um, You know, because we, we had the Hannah Tao appreciation episode, but... This is by a bus Lunaris on Tumblr, and it's an older version of Hanatoro, and it's kind of like watercolored painted kind of style, and it's just really soft, and he's just so sweet, and Aww. you just you just want to protect I him because that. he's just so adorable. So yeah, yeah. shout out to Hanatoro and everybody else who's had their birthday in the Bleach fandom for the past four days. It's like <laughs> so many birthdays. It's crazy. <laughs> I love that watercolor. It's so pretty. The hair is gorgeous, and the mm-hmm. oh, Shihaku show is beautiful as well. I'm gonna um, shout out some art as well. So, uh, to to Bendetto fifteen, uh, B N D E T T O fifteen, uh, on Reddit. Like, uh, this is one of the best. Thank you for my current phone wallpaper of Soyphone. It's just one of the best things of Soyphone I've ever seen in my life. Just the. Uh, and thank you for keeping a manga I create, you know. None of those, like, white binders. Although I don't bind them or anything, but, you know, it's nice. And the other one is um, another Soifon fan art by a dreamer on DeviantArt. D-R-I-M-R, no I. Uh, I went to look at his profile. He kind of stopped posting art, but he also has a lot of other Bleach stuff, and it's all very cool. And I think this Soifon one in particular was, like, is this, like, rough action sketch. It's just very cool like it's 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 not the typical colors that you associate with soifon like usually it's like yellow and all that but the green and the red all that just blends very nicely and it's been it's been one of my favorite soifon fan of all time it was released in like 2014 i think yeah but he's, he's not been posting much but he has a lot of bleach fan art so go and go and check him out i love the I... style of that second one yeah it's so good right it, it's such a just great action shot and he he really does have a lot of deep stuff so yeah so if you guys are interested in that go and check it out I love the colours in the second one but I must admit that first one you posted I'm a sucker for really clean digital artwork and that suits me perfectly I think it's really really good it does come up to anybody that's clicked on it it does come up as a not safe for work but it's not really I don't think it is it's just like oh, yeah, in her uniform yeah. she's posing yeah. a bit provocatively seen- but she's 
No, uh, she's still as covered. the comments say, it's the it's the power of the side boob. If you it find her, <laughs> if you find her, if you've seen her manga outfit, this is really just a manga outfit. There's nothing extra from that, and yeah, it's just it, it just makes me happy every time I see it, man. It just makes me happy. Yes. Uh, my fandom shout out actually, I decided to go for something themed to this episode as well. So mine is a Yoroichi and uh, Soyphone piece of art from. Um, Faith, I'm going to butcher the name, so I'm going to spell it. F-E-L-I-T-O-M-K-I-N-S-O-N on DeviantArt, um, which the links, all the links to all this will be in the show notes down below, so make sure you go and click on it and go and give them some love. Um, this is a piece of Yoroichi and uh, Soyphone fighting, which I thought went pretty well with the episode, and I love the lighting in this piece. So nice. I just, lo- yeah, I should say the lighting, that kind of like a sunset kind of feel. Yes, and the way they're looking at each other is so soft. I know, I know, I know, okay. I know. The shine on the skin as well. Like I got to give a shout out to that skin shine. I don't know yeah. what these these ladies must moisturize or something, or maybe it's just a sweat. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> big shout outs, big shout outs. We've got such great bleach. I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Bleach has some brilliant character designs like oh, really yeah. great character designs so yes this is this is some good ass art man thank you thank you for that really good isn't it so yeah massive yeah. shout out to the artist whose name i can't pronounce but will be in the show notes down below and was spelled out um any more for any more guys before we wrap up no oh, I'm, I'm i'm done as well yeah yeah cool okay then well, you wonderful souls, that's the end of another episode. If you like what you heard and you want to get involved, you can find us by searching for The Serity on Facebook, Tumblr and Instagram and T Serity on Twitter. Each of these platforms will link you to our fantastically deadly Discord family where you can chat with us about the show, read fan fiction, take part in creative challenges, including our new challenge that just launched with picture prompts um, and talk anything and everything bleach. Now, Ichigo and Rukia might reap souls, but we're hoping to reap some five-star reviews, and that's where you come in. Make like our favourite orange-haired protector and Ichigo to iTunes to rate us, review us, and make us feel like number one. (laughs) 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 To those of you listening on YouTube, don't forget to be like Chad to give us that good, good thumbs up. We really appreciate it. On the next episode of the podcast, we will be covering anime episodes 58, Unseal the Black Blade, The Miraculous Power, and 59, Conclusion of the Deathmatch, White Pride, and Black Desire. We'll see you souls in. Till next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.